Shabbat Shalom. What motivates anybody to be a better person? When it comes to actions on our parts that might help others or save lives, what prompts us to act for good or not to act? Journalist Larissa McFarquhar recently published a book on this topic, some of you may have heard of, called Strangers Drowning. I've not read the book, but the title calls to mind that age-old ethical dilemma. If you saw your own child drowning, you would surely jump in to save your child, even at risk to your own life. But what if you saw a complete stranger drowning? Would you risk your own life to save that of a stranger? In truth, McFarquhar's book explores the motivations of individuals who have chosen to engage in extreme acts of altruism, such as donating one's kidney to a complete stranger, adopting dozens of children, or literally giving away everything, even if one becomes themselves impoverished in so doing. While tempting to focus on the diagnosing the underlying psychology that drives do-gooders to the extremes, I think it is of great use to us to hear these stories and then ask our own selves, am I doing enough to help others? Without donating my kidney or giving all my worldly possessions away, is there more that I could be doing? Funny thing, the title of McFarquhar's book, Stranger Drowning, although the Torah portion for this, this Shabbat has the name Noah, it too could easily be called Stranger Drowning. God concludes that the world is so corrupt that the only way to deal with that level of rot is to start over. God tells Noah to construct an ark just for himself and his family and to bring a pair of every kind of animal on board. Forty days and nights of torrential downpour ensue. The ark comes to rest. The dove returns with the olive branch and life starts again. This Torah portion could be interpreted merely as a way to connect the lineage from Adam and Eve to their great times 10 grandchild, Noah, and then Noah and Mrs. Noah, we don't know her name, times their great times 10 grandchild is Abraham. Because really the Noah story primarily connects all the generations between Adam and Abraham. But whereas every other paragraph before and after is just a genealogical list of begats, the list pauses to launch into this epic tale of destruction and self-preservation. Rereading the biblical narrative from start to finish, I found it to be much more complex than our simplistic characterization. Like McFarquhar's Stranger Drowning, we are left with ambiguity. What does 
the ark story have to teach us? I would like to encourage each of you to take time and read this story for yourself. It's a very quick read, just three and a half chapters. I think that every Jewish household should possess at least one Torah commentary with a clear English translation. So if you don't own a Torah commentary, consider how easy it is to go these days to Amazon or any other online purveyor, and you can have this commentary in your home in two days. I'm happy to consult with you on the best commentary for you. There is great value in reading as an adult and revisiting these iconic Bible stories for yourself. You might be surprised at the Torah's enduring wisdom. There are numerous commentaries regarding the instruction itself. Why did God command Noah to build an ark, asks the Eitz Chaim commentary. Midrash Tanhuma suggests this, Surely God could have saved Noah and his family by supernatural intervention. Perhaps, this commentary argues, God hoped that the project would serve as a warning, moving onlookers to contemplate the threat of destruction and mend their ways. In that commentary is the suggestion of a motivation for doing good. If we pay close attention to what is happening in our world right now, we may be moved to do something to save the planet. As Jewish people, we are filled with anguish this week at the wave of attacks on Israeli citizens. What can we and should we be doing in the face of this threat to our people? Or, as Eitz Chaim reasons, perhaps God wanted Noah to participate in some way in his own salvation, as the Israelites would many centuries later at the time of the Exodus. The challenge of this story is that God doesn't say to Noah, build an ark. The text, the Torah says, Aseh lecha teva, build an ark for yourself. So on the one hand, Noah does preserve his family and a sampling of all the animals on earth. And there is truth in the idea that we most often act out of self-interest. The airlines have taught us that we must put our own mask on first before we can save others. On the other hand, Commentators have been very critical of Noah. Why did he not challenge God and reach out and save more people, or at least try to save more people, as his great-great Abraham will do ten generations down the road? The Torah itself is silent on the question, why wasn't Noah motivated to help anyone but his own family? Most of us who have children are highly motivated to care for our own children, to keep them safe, and to go to all lengths if their lives need saving. In that, we are like Noah. 
Keeping our children alive and healthy is time-consuming. Leaving little room for such activities as teaching others how to read, serving food at a soup kitchen, let alone working to change laws that might save many more lives. And even though Noah only focuses on self-preservation and that of his immediate family, we know, we know that Judaism's message to us is that we have an inherent responsibility, not only toward our immediate loved ones, but also toward others in our community, those who need to learn how to read, those who need something to eat every day, and toward the stranger. Larissa McFarquhar's Stranger Drowning may help us set the parameters of what going too far looks like, but the truth is that most of us have room to consciously work on making ourselves better people by our actions. So what can we take from Noah's Ark? One, we will always live in a world in which the lives of many are threatened. Two, although it is unlikely that any one of us could give away enough money or adopt enough children to save the planet, our individual mitzvot and acts of goodness do add up and make a positive difference. And three, we owe it to our children and our world to make our best effort, but and to make a better effort to contribute to a better, safer, cleaner, less violent world, not just for ourselves, not even only for our beautiful children, but also for the stranger who is drowning. Shabbat Shalom.